Okay, we are at session five in our studies of seven. So we've got two more to go. Uh, we are looking at, does God really understand my suffering? I know sometimes we go through stuff and we wonder about that, right? Yes. That question often crosses your mind, doesn't it? Yeah, I know it does. We are only human, right? Uh, so we often uh, ponder that question sometimes. Does God really understand my suffering? So that's what we're going to look at today. And as usual, we begin with the first question on page 128. Who has surprised you by how different they... Oh, wait, let me get it. Who has surprised you by how different they turned out to be? Eponym. <laughs> the Eponym? <laughs> okay. Okay, the political party. Well, that shouldn't be no surprise, huh, should it? We got swing. We got swing. Well, remember what the, uh, the Attorney General said the other day about um, the recall of ministers who weren't functioning? Remember what he said yes. in the press? But they have to pass the law against. He says that, you know you can't you can't follow all the the, the campaign promises. He said that. Yeah. He said that, didn't he? He said that was a campaign promise, and he said that is nowhere on his radar <laughs> right now, as far as the party is concerned. Pastor Randy, <laughs> my brother Luther, he has he surprised me of how he has turned out to be. Okay. So he surprised me. And good surprise or bad surprise? Very good surprise. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> we were blessed to be raised by two parents who were truly dedicated Christians. And they live a life example to all of us to follow. Um, some continue along that path and some straight away from that path. And it is just the reality of life within family lines. Some mm -hmm. will continue along one path against the other. And through the prayers of my mother and through my encouragement, he has made a complete change of his life probably about 10, 15 years ago. Okay. And when I went to Long Island to a funeral last year, um, I was so pleased to see him leading the Bible study. Great. At the church where my grandfather was the pastor. Wow. <laughs> okay. Okay. And that is a very big surprise to me. And it proves the truth of God's word that he is able in all situations. Mm -hmm. He is yeah. able. He is more than able. That's right. God can change people. Anybody else? Someone who turned out uh, different than, than uh, would they surprise you by how they turned out different than, than what they ought to be? No one else. Okay, let's look at uh, Bible Meets Life on page 129. Uh, who want to read that, please? Superman has been one of the most popular fictional characters since 1938. Well, put a pair of glasses on him and he is nailed to Clark I always wonder how Bruce Lane could not tell Pat Kent was Superman. <laughs> Even as a child, I could see right through those thick glasses and recognize him as Superman. It seems like 
that seems to lose the hero of the one who needed the glasses. <laughs> Such blindness doesn't, doesn't just happen in comic books. The Jewish people had long been looking for a Messiah. They were expecting him to sweep in, dangerous, sorry, destroy the bad guys and make everything right and happy for them. The one they had waited for was right in their midst, but he didn't act the way they expected their Messiah to act. Moreover, Jesus surprised everyone by the way he bore deliverance. No one expected the Messiah to suffer and die on a cross between two things. We might wonder how God can understand our pain, but what he did for us shows he understands suffering far more than we do or ever could. Okay, thank you, very good. Uh, Jesus, uh, uh, sometimes people cannot see what is obvious to others. Why? What is that? Somebody <laughs> trying to get you right away. Huh, that's strange. My daughter liked to play with my phone. <laughs> so she had something on. She was, she was listening to this morning while she was doing a year. And I thought I'd put the thing on mute. Anyway. Okay. Um, like Lois Lane, and in in what we read, uh, sometimes people cannot see what is obvious to others. Isn't that so? Yes. Uh, that was, that's all the time, doesn't it? Yes. Okay, what's the point? Jesus willingly experienced pain and suffering for our salvation. He, the key word there is willingly experienced pain and suffering for our salvation. No one likes to suffer. We certainly don't seek out pain, but when we experience it, we usually cry out to God for relief. We may question God when relief doesn't come, when and how we want it. But one thing we can't do is accuse God of being indifferent to suffering. He knew suffering to be a degree, he knew suffering to a degree we cannot even begin to imagine when Jesus Christ was rejected and crucified. We cannot fathom the pain that God went through when Jesus was crucified, his own precious son. And so we can, he can identify with us with what we're going through when it comes to pain. Father, we ask, O oh Lord, that you would help us to discover how Jesus is the suffering Savior of Isaiah this morning as we go through our study. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, a couple of passages, but uh, let me give you the setting before we look at the first one. During the 8th century BC, and joining Amos, Hosea, and Micah, Isaiah was perhaps the greatest prophet of Israel's southern kingdom, Judah. Isaiah ministered from 740 to 700 BC during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Isaiah is quoted more frequently in the New Testament than any other major prophet and more than all the minor prophets combined. 
Most scholars classify Isaiah 42, 1 to 4, 49, 1 to 6, 54 to 7, 52, verses 13 to 53, verse 12, as four servant songs relating to the coming Messiah. And so we know that Isaiah is one of those top prominent uh, prophets that we read about all the time and that we hear about a lot. Let's uh, look at the first passage we have. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 2 to 4. Who want to take that first one? Isaiah 53, 2 to 4. He grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He didn't have an impressive form or majesty that should that we should look at, at that we should look at him. No parents that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of suffering who knew what sickness was. He was like someone people turned away from. He was despised and he didn't and we didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sicknesses and he carried our pains. But we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. Few Old Testament passages give us a clearer or more prophetic picture of the cross of Christ in Isaiah 53. Renowned for its beauty and clarity, it captures the suffering of the Messiah. The contemporaries of Isaiah in 8th century BC would not have envisaged any inflicted and suffering and inflicted and suffering Isaiah, uh, Messiah, sorry. Based on God's covenant with David, they expected a powerful leader. I will rise up after you. I will rise up after you, your descendant, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. 2 Samuel 7, 12-13. This is certainly an accurate picture of the Messiah, but the victorious leader of God's kingdom was first a suffering servant. Isaiah's prophecy began by describing the Messiah as one, like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. Jesus was born and raised without fanfare and without much notice. The house and the throne of David had lost its prominence as the nation of Israel was under Roman authority when Jesus was born. Jesus apparently was not the type of person whose outward appearance naturally drew people to him. The world is always attracted by the aesthetically beautifully beautiful. In our day, we pay big money to watch good-looking people in movies and television. Some people cannot imagine what Jesus could not imagine that Jesus was not a well-built, good-looking man. Not only did Jesus not impress the crowd, but he was also rejected by the world. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrow, man of suffering, who knew what sickness was. He didn't just know about suffering, he experienced it firsthand. The phrase, he was like someone people turned away from, showed us that the deep level of rejection Jesus faced. 
it might be hard for us to imagine being so disliked that some people intentionally distance themselves from us, but this was just how some of the religious leaders felt towards Jesus. He was not the Messiah they were expecting, so they pushed him away. They didn't value him. It's easy to assume we would never see Jesus in that way. We like to think we're too educated, too enlightened to miss the Messiah. Too many in the world reject and despise Jesus because he doesn't fit the idea of a Messiah or a God. The world wants an attractive Messiah who doesn't require anything from us yet meets our every whim. That's not who Jesus is and he still suffers rejection because of it. However, this passage ends with glorious good news. Jesus took our sins and sorrows and bore them on the cross. Jesus understands suffering and rejection because he endured them for our benefit. Okay, go back over on page 131 and look at Digging Deeper. It says the suffering uh, servant of Isaiah. Okay, tradition has designated the servant passage of Isaiah to be uh, these passages that we have listed here. These passages center on the role of the servant of the Lord. The designation as a suffering servant derives from the description in Isaiah chapter 50 and chapters 52 to 53 where the servant suffers abuse. The final servant song of Isaiah 53 is best known. The New Testament writers recognize the ideal servant of God in the passage. The servant was despised and rejected by men, Isaiah 53.3. Yet he would accomplish the Lord's pleasure, according to verse 10. The servant suffered for our transgressions and our iniquities, according to verse 5. The deeds described in Isaiah 53 could only be fulfilled by the one ideal servant of the Lord, Jesus the Christ. How did Jesus fulfill what Isaiah described? He emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross, according to Philippians 2, verses 7 to 8. Because, as he suffers, because of his selfless obedience, Jesus ever remains the ultimate and true example of service to God. Someone that we can look to. Someone that we can look at. Okay. Um, Jesus would, would be a man of suffering, as we see in Isaiah, who knew what sickness was and acquainted with grief. And so he can identify with our suffering, whatever we're going through. And then, of course, we see that people turned him away. Um, they turned away from him. Uh, they viewed him as worthless and of not, no value at all. Uh, Isaiah talks about that as well. Um, we got a handout. Let's look at that a minute. It talks about the uh, Jesus, the suffering servant. Isaiah, Isaiah's uh, prophecy. Uh, the, the, uh, the Messiah would be rejected by people, according to Isaiah 53. 
and uh, the New Testament fulfillment, uh, we see it there. When they heard this, everyone in the synagogue was enraged. They got up, drove him out, drove him out of town, and brought him to the edge of the hill, uh, edge of the hill that their town was built on, intending to hurl him over the cliff. So. We see that where, uh, that aspect of him being rejected by men. Uh, they didn't want to hear what he was saying. And then the Messiah would be beaten and wounded, according to Isaiah 53, verses 4 to 6. Uh, the Messiah would not argue with his accusers. Okay, he suffered in silence. And then the Messiah would be buried in a rich man's tomb, Isaiah 53, 9, 8. The Messiah would be would be innocent, Isaiah 53, 9b. And then the Messiah would be resurrected and reign forever. And of course, the Messiah would die among criminals, Isaiah 53, 12. So we see a good reference in the New Testament fulfillment of what the Messiah went through and how much he endured. Uh, the Hebrew in the verse that we read uh, is emphatic. Jesus bore that is, our physical, mental, emotional sickness or griefs and carried our pain or our sorrows. Despite all that Jesus did for us, we regarded him stricken, struck down by God, and afflicted. And so he went through a whole lot that we could have the redemptive solution or provision that God made possible for us. There could be no other plan. Uh, question number two, what is important to know, why is it important to know Jesus was familiar with rejection? Why do you think it's important for us to know that? Because when you're down and out and everything, you're like rejected and he's willing to accept you. Okay, he can identify. Yeah, he can identify. All right. like, some, like somebody on the street or whatever. You know, on drugs or whatever, mm -hmm. he can put you the lowest, you could be at your lowest, and he would still accept you because he knows about rejection as well. Because he's been rejected. Okay, he could say, like some people would say, I know what you're going through because he's gone through it. He does. Okay, he does know. Okay, next we'll discover attributes of the suffering servant that aligns with the passion of Christ. Uh, next passage 53 5 to 9. I want to take that one. Pierced because of our rebellion, crushed because of our iniquities, punishment for our peace was on him, and we are healed by his wounds. We all went astray like sheep. We all have turned to our own way, and the Lord has punished him for the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb led to the slaughter, and like a sheep silent before her shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was taken away because of oppression and judgment. And who considered his fate? For he was cut off from the land of the living. He was struck because of my people's rebellion. He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man at his death. Because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. One, did, one way the Romans kept conquered peoples in line was by inflicting pain and humiliation on them, and they were experts in doing so. 
They use torture in public settings to deter others from rebelling. Control was vital to overseeing such a vast empire. The Romans had no more humiliating and agonizing way to torture and kill than crucifixion, execution on a cross. Those who were crucified would suffer for hours, perhaps even for days. Death eventually came not from the wounds of the nails, but from the asphyxiation. Each breath took great effort, and eventually the victim no longer had the strength to pull himself up to draw oxygen into the lungs. The torture was intensified by the beatings, insults, and humiliation he had already endured. Isaiah's prophecy did not specifically mention crucifixion, Yet when we read these verses in light of the arrest, trial, torture, and crucifixion of Christ that occurred centuries later, we see how accurately Jesus fulfilled this prophecy. Isaiah wrote of the suffering servant and what he would endure on our behalf. The prophet used a picture that would be familiar to his Jewish audience, a lamb led to the slaughter. Lambs are seen as timid, helpless animals, they travel as a group, doing what the others do. They huddle together for safety, and they have an innate sense that they need protection. It does not take them long to recognize their need to trust their shepherd. They seem to know their very lives are in his hands. They have no natural defense mechanism. Therefore, without the shepherd's protection, they would die. When I, Candace, was young, I raised lambs as a part of our country 4-H county 4-H project. Every summer, I would care for two lambs, name them, feed them, and practice leading them around a show ring. I was their shepherd. At the end of the summer, the inevitable would come. The lambs were auctioned off to the highest bidder. It was painful because those innocent lambs were loaded on a trailer and driven to the slaughterhouse. <laughs> They then would provide food for several families. Verse 7 points to another lamb, but this lamb would do far more than feed a family. John the Baptist called Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world in John 1.29. In Acts 8, Philip encountered an Ethiopian eunuch who was reading the same passage from Isaiah. The man wanted to know who the lamb was. I ask you, who is the prophet saying this about himself or someone else? Acts 8.34. Using Isaiah's prophecy from 800 years earlier, Philip pointed the man to Jesus. Jesus was this prophecy fulfilled. We have a Savior who suffered more than any human being in history. Others have suffered for their own sin, and many have suffered under the weight of sin. But no one else in history has suffered for all the sins of the world. Nobody else could have borne such an unspeakable burden but Jesus. In addition to the extreme physical pain and agonizing torture Jesus experienced, he also experienced a separation from his father before he died. On the cross he cried out, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Mark 15:34. We may wonder if God could possibly understand our suffering. But the truth is, God has experienced suffering to a degree we can't imagine. Isaiah's prophecy shows us that in his innocence and sinlessness, 
Jesus experienced the desolation of rejection and the agony of a cruel death. But as we shall see, he willingly suffered for our benefit. Amen. And we see in the handout uh, that you received, uh, it talks about the Messiah would be beaten and wounded in Isaiah 53 verses 4 to 6. Uh, he was punished for what? Well, for who? For the iniquities of us all. All right, none excluded. The Old Testament sacrificial system revealed the substitution of the animal's life for the life of the person offering it. And this action foreshadowed that Jesus would die for the iniquity of us all. And so we see why it's so important to share the gospel. The point of Jesus' suffering is Jesus, the point out of Jesus' future suffering, Jesus' response for silent, Jesus' response of silent strength to being oppressed and afflicted with two parallel comparisons illustrating one truth. He did not open his mouth. The poetic words, for he was cut off from the land of the living, paint a picture of Jesus' death on the cross. Cut off from the land of the living. Notice he would not argue with his accusers. He was buried in a rich man's tomb, didn't even have his own grave. Okay, Messiah would be innocent. Uh, he did nothing to deserve what he went through. Okay, last passage. Isaiah 53, 10 to 12. Okay, question number three. Oh, why is it important to understand Jesus' experience suffering? Why is that so important? Very important. Because when we endure suffering, we should be reminded that Christ suffered for us and God gave us an example that we as children of God must endure suffering in this world as his son suffered but we could never endure it to the degree of the suffering of Christ mm -hmm. we are very human beings he's God okay and not only that, he shows us how to respond to the suffering. How did Jesus respond? He says he opened not his mouth. In other words, he didn't complain. He suffered in silence. So that's another way of showing us how we are to respond to suffering. Because we know that God knows what we're going through. He allowed it for a purpose and he can identify with us. So why do we complain? When we complain, what do we do? <laughs> we complain because we do not, we don't, we don't reflect on what God did. We don't reflect on what Jesus did in the midst of his suffering. And remember now, he is our example. He is our example. Okay, so next we will see the benefits to us that resulted from Jesus' suffering and death. Verses 10 to 12. The any make him a guilt offering, he will see, he will see his seed. He will prolong his days, and by his hand uh, the Lord pleasure, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. After his language, he will see the light and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous 
Sarah Lynch, who adjusted by the women and who will carry their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him the many as a portion, and he will receive the might as spoil, because he willingly submitted to death and was haunted among the rebels. Yet he bore the sin of men and deceived by other rebels. Verse 10 is Paul. The Lord was pleased to crush him severely. It's striking to consider that God was pleased. Pleased? To crush his own son? As parents of four children, we can't imagine ever using the word pleased to describe seeing our children suffer. Yet, the harshness of the statement reveals the depth of God's love for us and how seriously he takes it. The reason that crushed his son, his own son, was because he was carrying upon himself the sin of the world. God crushed his own son so that he would not have to crush us for our sin. And his painful sacrifice accomplished exactly what God set out to do. Again, we see a reference to God's pleasure. By his hand, the Lord's pleasure will be accomplished. Jesus, the suffering servant, completely satisfied the righteous demand of the law on our behalf. Jesus' suffering ended his death in death, in his death, but his story was not over. After his anguish, he will see light and be satisfied. Jesus died, but he didn't stay there. God approved of Christ's sacrifice, and then he raised him from the dead. The great news that the great news is that not even death would overpower Jesus. Because on the third day he was raised from the dead. He did this to display his power over sin and death and to show that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but not eternal life. John 3.16. Jesus' obedience, obedience was rewarded with victory. God the Father gave him as many as a portion, and the mighty as well. As his reward, he will receive those he will be through his sacrifice. Yeah, go on. Jesus understands. Jesus understands our suffering. But his, his suffering is not merely as I can relate sentiments. Jesus' suffering and death made it possible for us to be free of pain and suffering. In Christ, we no longer have to fear death. We are set free from the pain of our sin. And ultimately, we will be free of all suffering when we are with him in his eternal kingdom. Look, God's dwelling is with humanity, and he will live with us, and we, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. 
grief, crying, and pain will be known because of the previous things of the past, Revelation 21, 24. Okay. Uh, Thank you, Brother Dave. A uh, couple of questions. Uh, question number four and five. Uh, how do we benefit from Jesus' suffering? We don't have to suffer. He suffered in our place. All right. Uh, we could not. We could not suffer as he did, because he suffered for the sins of the world. Our suffering would have meant nothing as, as far as our sins were concerned. Okay, because they would, they would have done nothing for our sins. And then question number five, how does the description of Jesus' suffering in this passage help us better understand God? Because in, in Jesus' suffering, God showed his love to all mankind here on earth, mm-hmm. how precious they are to him. And mankind throughout this entire world is the most precious thing that God created. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it's a huge sin for any mankind to despise another mankind or to look down on another mankind because mankind is the most precious thing that God created on the face of this earth. Mm-hmm. Okay, very good. Anybody else? He's willing as well to sacrifice his own son. Okay. For us too much. God laid down his own son. And, and we could think of how painful it must have been for God. As parents, when we think of our children suffering, we get an idea of how God must have felt when he had to put, what does the word says? He crushed him. The words crush here refer to Jesus' suffering and death. So Jesus' crucifixion was God's will as Jesus' prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane makes clear. Jesus' crucifixion also was a collision of God's plan and people's sin our sins all right so we cannot begin to imagine what god must have gone through when he had to deal with his son in that way i know some parents when they have to punish their children they cry with the child okay uh we can think of god in that light okay uh you know i love you but this is something i have to do okay and that's the position that god found himself in okay all right um page uh, 137 Since Jesus willingly experienced pain and suffering for our salvation, how will you let that triumph, that truth, impact your life this week? Three things we can do. Thank. As you pray, thank God for the suffering of Christ endured for your salvation. Thank him that one day you'll be free from all suffering and pain because of Christ. Looking forward to that day, isn't it? Some people are in pain constantly. And there's nothing doctors can do to stop it. They have to live with it. They have to endure it. At least we have hope, though. Some we people are suffering and they don't know the Lord. They don't really have any hope. Exactly. Of, you know, when they pass or whatever, where they're going to go. Mm-hmm. At least you have hope in your suffering. We have hope that one day that suffering and that pain is going to end. It's going to stop. And then accept. If you have if you've never trusted in Christ and accepted his death on your behalf, pray and seek his forgiveness. Trust Christ to save you. Talk to your group leader or look on the inside cover of this book for help. Now, you can use the inside cover of this book to share the gospel with, uh, uh, with someone who don't know Christ. Okay? It doesn't necessarily mean it have to apply to you, but it can apply to somebody else who you know that doesn't have Christ. And so it says use the inside cover of the, group, of the book for help. And then share. 
If you have a friend or family member whose circumstances make him or her cynical to the truth that God cares, tell that individual about the suffering of Christ. Encourage this person to see God's love and care as evidence by the death of Jesus. Okay, so then again, we have another opportunity uh, to share what Christ went through for us uh, as a result of our study today. Okay, so we need to be reminded that Jesus, about Jesus' suffering on our behalf, continue to reflect on it and take time to express our thanks to God for his great love and allowing Jesus to go through with that for you. Okay, our time is gone. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to suffer and die so that our sins could be removed from us. We could not do anything to remove our sins ourselves. It's something that you had to do, and you did it by crushing your sin under the weight of your judgment on our behalf. We thank you, Father, for what you have done. Bless us now as we leave this building, but not your presence. Continue to get glory for yourself by our response to our, our lesson and our session this morning. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.